This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. We are indeed in the season of epiphany, the season of discovery, the season of further delving into trying to figure out who and whose we are as the church. And I am so glad that we are diving into the book of Ephesians after our journey through the Acts, where we look at the basics of what it means to be a beloved community in the Acts of the Apostles. And now with Ephesians, we basically have a how-to manual for ministry on whole living in a broken world. And if those words sound familiar, that is the title of our sermon series, right? So let's get right to it. Our second lesson this morning is from Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. Listen for God's word. Paul says, I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that, with the eyes of your hearts enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all the rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is indeed the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So last week, Tim and the Apostle Paul reminded us that we are indeed blessed to be a blessing, that we are redeemed in order to reconcile. And now, Paul, in just one big, long, run-on sentence, reminds us that as children of God, we, as the beloved community of faith here at Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts, are empowered. Rather than being a people of timidity, we are a people of power. By grace, through faith, Christ is in us, through us, beside us, and with us. Christ fills all in all. And Paul, full of enthusiasm, offers us some truths to discover and explore this day. The hope of God's calling, the richness of our inheritance, 
and the greatness of God's power. We are a people of hope. Who could hope for anything more than salvation from sin, reconciliation with God, and adoption into God's family? And that is indeed the hope we have. And if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we forget that discovery and that reality in our lives. In this time of COVID and Omicron, in this week of remembrance of the horrors of those seditious insurrectionists who stormed the Capitol on that day of epiphany, ironically, one year ago. It's easy to lose sight of hope. We look back and think about the way things used to be rather than look forward to what could be through the hope that God gives us in the person of Jesus Christ, the head of the church and we are the body. Simply, if we lose hope, we lose our very calling and our identity as children of God. And we do not lose hope because of the second facet of God's empowerment within us, the richness of our inheritance. God accepts us as we are. God treats us with extravagant attention and lavish affection. God spoils us through the abundance of God's grace bestowed upon us. Paul, throughout these verses, is just playing giddy with excitement even under house arrest. His hand was writing too slow for what he wanted to say. We are hopeful. And because of that inheritance that is ours, we are also joyful. And yes, there is more than enough of that inheritance to go around. There is ample amounts of joy to be shared. Our extravagant God calls us to be extravagant in sharing of this joy and not to hoard it to ourselves. Again, sometimes we can lose hope and other times we forget our identity as being a people of joy. There's an online site that I often see that's called the Contemplative Monk. Has anybody ever seen that? And there is a, a reminder of that reality written by Hafez. And it says, I sometimes forget that I was created for joy. My mind is too busy. My heart is too heavy for me to remember that I have been called to dance the sacred dance of life. I was created to smile, to love, to be lifted up, and to lift others up. O oh, sacred one, untangle my feet from all that ensnares. Free my soul. 
that we might dance and that our dancing might be contagious. I won't dance right now. You don't want by grace through faith. We are called to be a people of joy and to share that in all times and all circumstances. And we share this inheritance because we have the power. We are a people of hope. We are a people of joy. We are a people of power. Power is not the message we expect to hear from Paul. Hope, yes. Joy, yes. Power? Not really. But Paul wants to empower the Ephesians to be strong disciples of Christ. Paul here places a high value on independence and responsibility. He trusts his fellow Christians to make good use of the power from Jesus that is available to everyone who believes. According to Paul, again, God has put all things under Christ's feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body. Jesus has the power over all things, and he shares this power with us as members of the church. With Jesus, we are never powerless. That's the good news from Paul to the Ephesians and to us. God wants us to be strengthened in our inner being with power through his spirit, he says in chapter 3. Paul prays that we may have the power to comprehend the love of Christ again in chapter 3. Paul wants us to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power later on in chapter 6. Notice how many times Paul used the words power in this one run-on sentence. But again, power makes us nervous when it's exercised in the world. How often we associate power with politics and we hate it when power is abused by our local or national politicians. As Christians, we would rather serve a needy world than get involved in those realities. But still, God put his power to work in Jesus Christ and he calls us to be the body of Christ in the world. There are good ways for us to use our God-given power to seek justice, to rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Paul wants us to take him seriously when he speaks of the immeasurable riches of God's power for us who believe. It sounds like Paul wants us to play with fire every once in a while and ignite the power within us all. Like Abraham Lincoln, who played with fire when he wrote in his letter saying, I am naturally anti-slavery. If slavery is not wrong, nothing is wrong. Martin Luther King Jr. played with fire when he wrote his letter from the Birmingham jail, calling for nonviolent resistance to racism. We play with fire when we write letters to our elected leaders, testify at city council meetings, take action 
to improve the quality of life in our communities. We play with fire when we seek to help and offer hope and help to Afghan refugees coming into our community. And we need to reclaim and unleash the prophetic power of the church and speak out and to the powers and principalities and narcissistic political cults of personalities which tell lies rather than what's good and true, that preach division rather than unity and love and justice. Look at all those times Paul uses the word power and how often we forget that as the church, Christ's body is both under Christ's power and a vehicle of it. We are empowered to speak to and change the injustice that we see and instead offer the power of love and unity. And how that was embodied in the prophetic life of Archbishop Desmond Tutu. That poem that I read before from Hafiz was posted underneath a picture of Archbishop Tutu dancing. What an image that was and is. Even in the throes of apartheid, he embodied these words of Paul the hope of God's calling, the richness of our inheritance, and the greatness of God's prophetic power. One of my favorite quotes of his is that, I don't preach a social gospel, I preach the gospel, period. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is concerned for the whole person. That is whole living in a broken world. That is unleashing the power within us that's unbelievable, unfathomable, incomprehensible. Perhaps the most extravagant measure of God's love of our divine heritage is this voluntarily interwoven relationship between Christ's power and the church itself. We have the power and we are called to unleash that power of hope and joy and prophetic peace and justice and offer wholeness and unity where there is brokenness, wherever we find it. We have the faith in our Lord Jesus and love towards all the saints, says Paul, power to change the world for the better. Poet Amanda Gorman as a prophetic voice in this national wilderness in which we find ourselves. Her Inauguration Day poem of a year ago read on the same Capitol steps that violent, seditious extremists climbed over just a few weeks before spoke to our seemingly hopeless collective soul. Anybody see her New Year's poem? Good, because I'm going to read it. Amanda Gorman's newest poem is intended to honor the hardships and the hurt and the hope and the healing of 2021 while also hearkening the potential for 2022. 
It's called a New Day's Lyric. Listen to this. May this be the day we come together. Morning, we come to mend. Withered, we come to weather. Torn, we come to tend. Battered, we come to better. Tethered by this year of yearning, we are learning that though we weren't ready for this, we have been readied by it. Steadily we vow that no matter how we are weighed down, we must always pave a way forward. This hope is our door, our portal. Even if we never get back to normal, someday we can venture beyond it to leave the known and take the first steps. So let us not return to what is normal, but reach toward what is next. What was cursed, we will cure. What was plagued, we will prove pure. Where we tend to argue, we will try to agree. Those fortunes we foreswore, now the future we foresee. Where we weren't aware, we'll now, we're now awake. Those moments we missed are now the moments we make. The moments we meet and our hearts once altogether beaten, now altogether beat. Come, look up with kindness yet, for even solace can be sourced from sorrow. We remember, not just for the sake of yesterday, but to take on tomorrow. We heed this old spirit in a new day's lyric. In our hearts we hear it. For all lang syne, my dear, for all lang syne. Be bold, sang time this year. Be bold, sang time. For when you honor yesterday, tomorrow ye will find. Know what we fought need not be forgot nor for none. It defines us, binds us as one. Come over, join this day just begun. For wherever we come together, we will forever overcome. All I can say, Amanda, is amen. I'm done. Amen. Let's pray together. Today we make a joyful noise to you, O Lord. We come into your presence with singing. We worship you with gladness. And we celebrate with joy as your entire creation gives you praise. The very mountains and hills burst into song. All the trees of the field clap their hands. Echoing the words of the psalmist, we praise you, O God, we praise you. We praise you for you. We know that you are our God. You made us. We are yours. We thank you for the precious gifts of faith in our Lord Jesus, love towards one another, the spirit of wisdom and grace 
the power we give, you give us by your Spirit. We praise you for giving us deep roots in this community, protection from danger, and the support and fellowship of brothers and sisters in faith. May we never forget that we are your people, the sheep of your pasture, and that we need you, our good shepherd, and one another. Help us to remember our calling, to be a people of joy, and to share the prophetic power of your love and justice. O Lord, your steadfast love does endure forever, as well as your faithfulness to all generations. Continue to bring healing to the ill, comfort to the grieving, Direction to the lost, serenity to the anxious, and justice to the oppressed. Be with those dealing with this pandemic, the lives we have lost, the medical personnel who are tired. Refresh them and lead them and make us into instruments of your peace so that we may carry your love into the midst of hatred, of division, and faith into places of despair and doubt. Inspire us always to be your grateful people so that in every time and place we may give thanks to you and bless your holy name with the confidence that comes from being children of God, we are now bold to pray as Christ taught us, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.